Welcome to Made in Science, the official podcast of the University of Stuttgart. My name is Wolfgang Holtkamp. I am Senior Advisor on International Affairs and your host for today. In this episode, we welcome Professor Maike Thielebein. She first graduated from the University of Stuttgart with a diploma in engineering cybernetics. Consequently, she acquired her doctoral degree in strategic management at the Institute of Business Administration, also at the University of Stuttgart. After a short period away from our university, she came back in 2009 and became the director of Diversity Studies in Engineering. Since 2011, she has also been the head of the Center for Management Research of the German Institutes of Textile and Fiber Research in Denkendorf. Professor Thielebein's mission is not only to explore the topic of diversity theoretically, but to work on implementing it in our everyday lives. Today, we are excited to talk to her about the importance of diversity, the challenges that come with it, and her personal life as a mother of two. Maike, you come from northern Germany uh, a couple of years ago to Stuttgart, to southern Germany. If we would have met in northern Germany, how would we greet each other? Well, maybe we would say Moin or just Hallo. And of course, here, this is a very different greeting uh, that we that we have. Language has a lot to offer uh, uh, all the time. Experiences are also everywhere when one makes a change in the regions, uh, also with, even within Germany. Uh, is there anything in your mind that uh, you could tell when you came here, what you first thought that is really different? Well, uh, it seems a bit like a cliche, but one of the first impressions really I got in Stuttgart, uh, which I didn't know before, it was just a, a town that we passed by when we are, we were going to the uh, skiing hills of the Alps in the winter. And now I, I moved to Stuttgart for my study program. And the, the first flat that I was living in as a subcontractor with an old Swabian man, it was uh, up high in the, I think, in the fifth level of that huge building. And I looked through the window down in the yard. And in the yard, I saw a man with a red groom chasing one single leaf over that yard. And that is a lasting impression, a first impression that I got in Stuttgart. And I'm very sorry, it is a cliche, but for me, it was right. In both of your positions at our university as department head and as the head of the Center of Management Research at the Institutes of Textile and Fiber Research, you deal with diversity. Can you tell us about what exactly you do in both roles? Oh, thank you for this question. Yes, I love to tell you. Um, at the university institutes, our focus is on how diversity, diversity in thinking, diversity in experience, diversity in training, uh, diversity in functions um, plays a part in innovation. So how does diversity add to innovation is the focus question at the University Institute. And there we look at what we call cognitive diversity, 
rather than what is called demographic diversity. So all the things that are protected by law against discrimination, of course, they are very important. And of course, they can add to innovation. Our view is more on the functional diversity, on professional diversity and how this adds to innovation. And here we look at, for instance, new product development teams and how dynamics of diversity unfold in the process of innovation. Like first, when you come together with different ideas, with different perspectives on a problem, then you might experience difficulties talking to others who have other methods, other uh, important points that they look at. So at first, diversity might be a hindrance to the success of a process. But then after a, a time where you have to come to terms with each other, then diversity can really pay off because you can collect different ideas, you can uh, have different views on problems. And do you find this happening at both uh, positions? Is it at the university something different from your experience so far than in Denkendorf? Well, in Denkendorf, the Center of Management Research has a focus on uh, the digital transformation of the textile industry. And there, one part of our activities is how to serve the diversity of people and their morphologies with garments or with medical textiles. So in Denkendorf, we more use innovations, technical innovations, new technologies in order to address diversity in customers or in needs uh, for specific garments, for specific uh, medical textiles, for instance. So while at the University Institute, we look at how to make innovation from diversity. In Denkendorf at the Center of Management Research, we add technology to serve diversity. Could we say that both roles actually fit you very well? Uh, I know that in Denkendorf, in one of your research projects, uh, you measure uh, human the human body and try to find the various ways that uh, we fit into a t-shirt or the t-shirt fits us rather uh, or uh, and other garments of course uh, as well so how does how does the combination of these two that you just described these two roles how does it fit for you well it addresses a broad spectrum of different Uh, ideas and different concepts, I think. And this fits very well to me, <laughs> although it doesn't seem natural, of course, that an Institute for Diversity Studies in Engineering uh, that is usually staffed with people from uh, sociology or business administration or uh, these more social science um um, programs uh, is staffed with someone uh, coming from a study program called Engineering Cybernetics. But this is a perfect bridge, I guess, to what we are doing in Denkendorf at the Center of Management Research, because there we care for the, the digitalization of the textile industry. And so I hope that I I fit 
this these two roles well. When you say cybernetics, that was a very influential factor, I guess, uh, for you to come from northern Germany to southern Germany, because the University of Stuttgart uh, had a special offer for you. Yes, that's right. I came to Stuttgart in order to study this fascinating study program, Engineering Cybernetics. And this was something that was recommended to me. I had never heard about that because I come from Osnabrück, a town that is 500 kilometers away from Stuttgart. So uh, not knowing exactly what I wanted to study because my interests were very broad, I went to the um, study consultancy of the uh, job center and there they recommended the study program to me and I was fascinating from the beginning um, and then I enrolled for that study program. And I think you never regretted any of this. Um, at the same time, there must have been many challenges along the way, uh, not only when you began to your studies, uh, but also uh, bringing it back to the topic of diversity um, in, in the positions that you are in, in the daily working experience that, uh, that you have. Uh, what are some of the main challenges uh, when you implement diversity Uh, and uh, what are some of the challenges in general, perhaps, for everyday lives and the topic of diversity? Well, diversity is often seen focused on gender diversity. This is one part that often uh, comes to my mind when I see people react on, like when I tell them I'm head of the Institute of Diversity Studies in Engineering, they say, ah, You care about the career of women. And I say, well, this is maybe one point that I'm looking at, but I look at how can diversity in thinking add to innovation? And so there's a very uh, small idea or a very, very confined um, perception of diversity in the broad public sometimes. And even in Uh, in firms, many firms look at diversity management um, as being uh, gender diversity driven or maybe demographic diversity driven. And this is uh, due to, of course, their challenges that they face. The, the actual uh, benefit of diversity, however, of course, it needs the discriminating practices to be overcome. But Diversity can be a real resource. And this is how I want people to look at diversity. Why do you think that people struggle uh, with uh, this particular term sometimes, as you also said, the different understandings uh, of diversity? I think that in, in the media uh, and in the legislation, uh, these aspects, of course, dominate the discussion. And... Uh, Being aware of there's legislation about the percentage of women, for instance, in, in boards and things like that. This dominates the, the public dis discussion of, uh, the broad public. And still some firms have, uh, made their diversity campaigns so that they have a long time goal, uh, showing that diversity should be seen as a resource and they have um, unintended bias trainings for instance and all things that help that people look at each other 
in a different way. In your position, you would also try to uh, raise the awareness for that other kind of diversity. As you said, bring it, in it, bringing it into processes, uh, implementing it into new structures uh, as well. What does that mean? for the mind in the, of the people to sort of uh, help them to be ready for that kind of change and uh, indirection and uh, perhaps uh, offering them new ways uh, to connect. Well, I think we all have seen that the complex problems of nowadays uh, challenges can be solved only if we put together different methods, different perspectives, different knowledge domains. There is no problem of complex nature that can be solved by one person and their knowledge only. So I guess people are more and more aware of this fact. And this brings our topic more uh, to the public and to public awareness, I hope. You mentioned earlier cybernetics. Contemporary cybernetics varies widely in scope and focus with Cyberneticians variously adopting and also combining technical, scientific, philosophical approaches. In your work, Marke, which of these dominate actually? Is there one that you would highlight in particular? Well, of course, we make use of the technical view of cybernetics, uh, as there are Uh, feedback structures and control loops everywhere in a firm. If you look at production processes, if you look at uh, strategy processes, everywhere you find this cybernetic view of you have to plan something, you have to analyze, you have to find your different choices, you have to choose, and then you have to feedback the uh, results as an in information in order to know whether to start this again or not, if you have, whether you have reached your goals. And this kind of control loop you find in every context within a firm. So this is something that we uh, draw up on and we use a lot. Uh, the other thing is the broader systems view uh, that is applied to a wide range of different contexts and daily life is something that is really useful. So I also like the the broader systems approach to, uh, and this is what I what I teach also systems thinking. I think is a very useful thing for everyone to know and to see how different actors that are deciding at the same time shape their environments mutually and um, how system dynamics unfold in such situations. We already said that you came to Stuttgart because the university had at a very early stage already implemented or rather offered studies in cybernetics. Uh, now the question would however be, why you decided to go for that subject at all? Oh, I was interested in a broad spectrum of different uh, topics when I was at school. Um, I chose uh, German and mathematics as my special topics in the last three years of school. And I was interested in basically everything 
they had to stop me from choosing more courses than I was allowed to. So I was looking for something that was really exciting and, and brought together many of the things that I was interested in. And I found from the description, of course, there was no internet at that time. You could only look it up in a very, very thick book that was available at that time, listing every single study program in Germany. You can't imagine this for today because we have about 20,000 study programs, I think. And in 1986, it fitted into one book. And this was the study program I chose because this really fascinated me. In your studies... Here at the university, you were at the time the only female student uh, among the male students. Um, how did that work out for you? Well, yes, that's true. I was the 2% uh, female students at that time. And that, on the one hand, felt funny because I, I always felt like an alien. I was something special. I was looked at. And on the other hand, it was just natural. So it Because I didn't saw myself, I just felt part of everyone else and of the, the study program. And there are still very good friends I have from the beginning of my study program. If you look at it from today's point of view, uh, the number of female students in engineering uh, is still here at uh, the university, but in Germany uh, uh, also um, lower than the male students. Uh, so... What do you think, what could be done differently to uh, open this up to female students as well, this area uh, and uh, related areas? Well, this, I would say, is a, is a multi-scaled problem. There are different uh, drivers on different levers that um, help or that add to this phenomenon. Uh, first, of course, it's a question of personal interests, uh, but you can either uh, raise these interests or you can like put them down or discourage these technical interests of girls. And this has to start very early, I guess. Uh, second is that the system surrounding the individuals, if there's a system that rather encourages and finds it normal that females uh, go to engineering study programs or become technical um Uh, staff, then of course no one has to argue for that and no one has to justify their decisions and anything that is easier is um, more likely to be done. So if it's hard and you have to argue for your choice, then maybe you are discouraged. You already said that you had a number of uh, interests and uh, that it uh, that you did some very thorough research to find out uh, that cybernetics is offered in Stuttgart. After you studied that one, however, you transitioned over uh, to the Institute of Business Administration. How did that happen? Well, like so many things, just by chance. Um, I... I had specialized in biotechnology in my study program of engineering cybernetics. But at that time when I was looking for a topic for a diploma thesis, uh, biotechnology was not um, recognized very well in Germany and all firms that had to do with biotechnology went to look for some other uh, country to settle in. So I was looking for 
a diploma thesis and I stumbled over an offer for a diploma thesis at the Institute for Business Administration, uh, looking for someone uh, to program an object-oriented uh, knowledge-based system. And I thought, well, I, I know how to do that. This sounds really cool. I want to go and ask what the specifics of the systems are and what uh, what kind of diploma thesis this is. And then I was um, fascinated by this task and I asked my uh, officer of the the program, of the study program, if I was allowed to do so and he allowed me to do so. And this is how I got stuck in the business administration department. With those two experiences, you are also an expert now working on various advisory boards uh, of organizations. I can imagine that uh, bringing uh, your background uh, from the technical part, but also from the business part uh, to these tables uh, is very useful. How do you experience that? And uh, can you tell us something about that? Yeah, uh, I think that with these two different disciplinary perspectives that I have gone through, um, I am able to understand either of the two. And this is uh, a combination that is often used in reality. So I feel prepared to talk to uh, both engineers and people from business administration and to know their needs and their perspectives. And from uh, the various advisory boards, is there one that uh, in particular you like to work with? Well, one of the advisory boards is, or the um, uh, the juries that I'm in, is the uh, jury of the uh, Innovation Award of the State of Baden-Württemberg, the Rudolf Eberle Preis. And here, small and medium-sized enterprises are awarded for their innovations. And it's very, very interesting uh, to see what innovation is being performed in even small and medium-sized enterprises. And as the textile industry also is made of uh, small and medium-sized enterprises at large, uh, this is uh, very interesting for me to see. So really, um, Baden-Württemberg has um, the motto uh, to be also the state of the tinkerers and the hobbyists, uh, the ones who sort of uh, try to find the best solution and uh, hopefully give the best answers uh, to uh, whatever problem uh, comes up as well by testing. Um, the Denkendorf experience, can you bring that to the university at, at all? Or does it work in, in that direction as, uh, also? Or also from the only from the university to Denkendorf? No, vice versa is also a, a path, for instance, in teaching. Uh, all the examples that we show to the students in in the lectures are from the textile industry. And this way, I also hope to excite them for the textile industry, which is not an outdated and uninteresting industry as it is often perceived in the public. But it's a high-tech industry and we are able to produce lot size one made-to-measure garments, for instance. You can't have a car that is fitted to your garage, but you can have a, a garment that is fitted to your body. 
and uh, you have a vision for that, I think, uh, uh, that you expressed in, uh, with your work in Denkendorf as well. Um, can you tell us about that vision? Well, we want to equip people with garments or medical textiles um, according to their needs. And we need digitalization to do this uh, at the price of mass products. And I hope that uh, also new business models will be applied soon that uh, implement what we are developing and have been developing over the past 15 years together with industry partners with their new technologies. And I hope that this will be seen in new business models uh, really soon. At the Center for Management Research, you work on the digital textile micro factory. That is a term that asks for more explanation. <laughs> yeah, thank you for this question. Uh, micro factories are a digitally backed um, development and production processes. So they are, they can be confined in a small room and they have everything that you need in order to develop and produce. In our case, in the textile microfactory, a garment or uh, a textile item. So for instance, uh, we have a process that we have, uh, we have shown and demonstrated in the past years together with our industry partners in uh, the leading textile fairs uh, where we can really beginning from a body scanner through a simulation system through a digital printer and a cutter and a sewing machine uh, we can produce a made-to-measure garment for uh, uh, any body shape and this is something that also can be done with other textile technologies at the center. For instance, uh, we have something that we call scan to knit. So from the scan of your hand or your foot, you can have uh, knitted a made-to-measure compression textile. And this is important for um Uh, for, for instance, burn garments. We had a project on burn garments where we used this technology to make, uh, made to measure burn garments for people who had uh, severe injuries from, from burning. Given this background of so many experiences, uh, and, uh, and projects and, uh, really uh, lots of uh, dedication uh, to the various aspects of it all. How do you manage to balance actually the professional life with your private life? Well, nowadays it's quite easy. I always uh, used to say this is my life 2.0 because my children are grown up and uh, have their own professional lives. But Actually, when I was studying and when I was having the kids, uh, there were great challenges. And also when I was doing my doctoral dissertation, of course, because at that time it was completely unusual. Uh, and of course, uh, the more at the technical university to have children when you are a student. So there were no, no uh, baby seats in the mensa or uh, there were no childcare facilities and things like that. So it, I was not only the 
only female student in that year in engineering cybernetics, but I was also then uh, a couple of years after the only pregnant student uh, and student with a baby. And uh, well, this uh, this led to uh, taking me 17 semesters of studying. And uh, some would say, well, this is devastating. You can cannot be a pro become a professor with that history <laughs> because it's much too long and it's it's bad for your uh, CV and things like that. And still I managed and I'm very grateful to my um, my boss and my uh, supervisor of my doctoral thesis that he allowed me to do research as if it was a nine to five job. And that's, that was unusual at that time too, because you're supposed to give everything you can and dedicate your complete time when you are a doctoral student. And this was something that I couldn't do having two small children. And well, this was a surrounding that let me do this dissertation and be a researcher and at the same time manage my family. And as you just said, the, the times, they are changing. Looking ahead a little bit or just doing some guessing here, um, how will the topic of diversity be dealt with in the next years? Will it still be an issue where in the next decade and in the decade after that, um, those born today, will they grow up uh, with diversity? Will they also understand it very differently from uh, the generation before and that generation before? This is something that I really hope because, I mean, everyone has, uh, has understood that diversity in terms of biodiversity is something important. And this was something that really intrigued me during my uh, doctoral dissertation. This is how I discovered the topic of diversity as being an innovation driver. And I thought, well, if it is true for biological systems, it must be true for social systems too. This is actually the way I came to this topic. And I hope that future generations will see that diversity is important in any systems to make the systems thrive and to make the systems uh, be innovative and to empower them to to foster and to uh, co-evolve with their environments. And how does that relate to your current and perhaps even next research? Is there an ultimate goal that uh, you could name when it comes to your research, perhaps also against the background that you just described, uh, to sort of bring that uh, into your uh, scientific work? Well, like like in everyday life, I think goals evolve too. But the goal is, of course, to make use of diversity in any situation. I can give an example. We've just issued uh, a project um, application for looking at the resilience of textile supply chains. And, of course, diversity of, of firms in this case is an important driver for resilience. So having seen under the COVID, COVID pandemic that uh, 
the global supply chains are very vulnerable. Uh, we are looking on uh, possibilities to make these systems uh, less vulnerable, to look at nearshoring possibilities, to look at new ways of installing the value chains that you need in order to get the final products. And now let's approach our famous moment seven. Please answer the following questions that we have collected for you as shortly as possible. Moment one. Spätzle or Maultaschen? Maultaschen. Moment two. One thing you could change about the world. Waste. Moment three. Do you have a book recommendation for us? Yes, but it's a German book. David Schalko, Bad Regina. It's really crazy. Moment four, the best advice you have ever received. I always need new advices, I guess. Moment five, your favorite place on campus. My office. Moment six, if I could start all over again, I would do the following differently. I don't think that I regret anything. And moment seven, please complete the following sentence. The best thing about Stuttgart is... The best thing about Stuttgart is its abundance in cultural offers, its cultural diversity. I really love that. Thank you for that one, Maike. It has been really a great and very engaging talk. We are looking forward to staying in touch with you and wish you all the best of luck with everything you do in setting up diversity, especially when it's made in science. Auf Wiedersehen. As we say in the North, tschüss.